0: It has been a while, but the postseason is ready to begin for the winter sports, and this is the 719 Coaches Show. I'm Dan Moorman. With the anticipation of regional and state wrestling uh, now in full swing, I took the time to sit down with Lewis Palmer wrestling coach Cole Jackson. He's got a great story to share about his dad's time as an Olympic wrestler. Um, how he became more of a wrestling guy than a football guy, and everything he's done at Lewis Palmer. So sit back, enjoy the interview. We're hopefully going to get a little bit more uh, content out in the coming weeks as playoffs begin. But here's my interview with Lewis Palmer wrestling coach, Cole Jackson. So normally when I do these interviews, I know a little bit about the guy walking in. Yeah. I've at least met him casually yeah. and all that. This is the first time you and I have really met. Yeah, so yeah. uh Tell me, what's your background, where you're from, and how did you end up at Lewis Palmer coaching wrestling?
1: absolutely. Well, first and foremost, like, pleasure to meet you. Uh, Yeah. I think it's, like like I said, the first time. So, um, yeah, so background on me, uh, I've kind of got a little bit of a different path than most. Um, There's few people that say they've been around something for their entire life. I've literally been around the sport of wrestling since I came out. Um, I was born in 1992, and... Two months later, so I was born in May, two months later at the Summer Olympics, my dad was wrestling for an Olympic gold medal. So um, I was, from what I've told, I was in a small apartment in Ames, uh, in a dresser drawer because we didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. So I was in a dresser drawer while they were having a party at three in the morning watching my dad wrestle in Barcelona. So uh, I've literally been around the sport of wrestling my entire life. Um, I didn't start actually wrestling until uh, sixth grade. Just for some reason, um, my dad never pushed me to do it. Um, I think he was just trying to not be that dad that forces their kid into doing something. And so he kind of let me approach it at my own pace. And I think looking back i wish i would have started a little bit earlier but i eventually started got going in sixth grade uh wrestled up through high school wrestled locally here in town at liberty up until my junior year and then i moved to iowa for my senior year my dad ended up getting a job at iowa state so i followed him up to ames finished my high school career uh, wrestling and playing football at gilbert high school which was a town north of ames Um, i would say it's similar to probably like a 2 A school so played a little football there wrestled and then from there i went to iowa western community college to play football so i played defensive tackle in college went on to minnesota from there and then from there i transferred to a school called grandview in des moines iowa and so when i decided to move to grandview it was to get closer to my family get closer back to home and finish out my football career and at this point i hadn't wrestled since high school but I had talked to the coach at Iowa Western about wrestling for his program after I had finished up my football season. That didn't end up working out. And then when I got to Grandview, kind of one of the things that I was looking at was either being able to go to a school where I could play football and then wrestle my fifth year of college because I didn't register my freshman year. So I was looking for a school where I could either play football and wrestle at the same time. And so when I started to look, it was Grandview, Western, uh, out in Gunnison, um, and then a couple other schools. It ultimately came down to just being closer to home. So I went to Grandview, uh, didn't really know too much about them, but they were you know, defending, I think at this point, they were maybe two-time national champions uh, in wrestling. And then their football program had won uh, a conference title the last three years, but it never ended up making... Uh, the national finals and so I just kind of went there didn't really know a whole lot about it ended up getting to the school uh, we ended up winning a national title in football and then I got a chance to participate with the wrestling team be a part of that be a part of that program um, and then spent my last two years and then just finished up with a student uh, or with a sports management degree got into the work field so working at a bank and I was like I don't know if I can do this for so long <laughs> and uh, so I looked at being able to, to turn around and get my my teaching license in Iowa the requirements were pretty stiff and the only field that I could get in was either special ed or uh, math or science. So then I looked and my sister had ended up coming to school here at Lewis Palmer. Um, once she came to Lewis Palmer, my mom actually talked to uh, Baker. Baker Uh, had coached against me when I was in high school. They said they were looking for an assistant wrestling coach. I came out probably three days later, talked with the the former head coach at the time, uh, ended up getting an internship with wheelchair basketball. And I was kind of like, I'm either gonna stay in the sports world or I'm gonna coach and teach. And so uh, just one thing led to another, I ended up finding my way back into the wrestling room, back into the school system. Uh, Now I'm in a spot where I'm able to coach wrestling, coach football and help out with the girls golf team. So it's kind of a little bit of a crazy journey, but this is what I was always, The goal is to be a head football coach. I don't know if the goal is always to be a head wrestling coach, Um, but now that I kind of found myself in that spot, I think it worked out for the better. Um, I always thought I was a better wrestler than a football player, but I just enjoy playing football. so.
0: There's a slew of follow-up questions going yeah, through my head sure, as you tell me this whole story. So first of all, you're wearing a Suns jersey. Did yeah. your dad get to meet any of the Dream Team? on ninety two. So, so yes, Barcelona. he did.
1: So he did. So he's got a he's got a picture. I wish I, I wish I could bring it up, but he's got a picture with Magic and somebody else. So Magic and somebody else in that picture, and then um, he actually so a couple crazy people that he met. So he met the Dream Team. Uh, they said they tried to talk to. Jordan. Didn't work out too well. Um, I can't remember who else they took a picture with, but uh, my dad's a uh, Lansing native. So Magic's obviously from the same town. Um, So they had that connection right there. Maybe Pippen. I think maybe Pippen was in the picture. Um, Obviously completely tower over my dad. My dad's not a huge dude by any means, Um, but there's a picture with them. And then actually, I know it's kind of off, off topic, but every wrestler that won that year ended up taking a picture with uh garth brooks so there's a picture floating around of my dad scotty pippen and magic johnson and then another picture that'll pop around uh kind of around the olympic time of my dad john smith i think bruce Baumgartner was on that team and then garth brooks so pretty funny little uh celebrity interaction but uh yeah Suns jersey i was born born in arizona my dad was training uh for sun kiss kids at the time uh once he decided to move back to Iowa to finish out his training, that's how I ended up back in Iowa. We eventually moved back to Arizona where he wrestled for Sunkiss Kids up until 96. And then um, we moved to Colorado. And
0: in Iowa, does every every level of college wrestling pro- pro- program, do they kind of get that rub from the University of Iowa because it's so big time out yeah. there?
1: Yeah, So um, I think, you know, one of the cool things about Iowa is They're actually really good at college sports across the board. So um, Iowa gets a lot of the attention just because they do have that rich history, that rich tradition of being a powerhouse. Um, Iowa State's always been close. You know, I think years prior to, you know, I think the the early 2000s, they were a little bit closer. Uh, My dad was actually a part of the last Iowa State team that won a national title. Um, But you go to Iowa and – 98% 98% of people are in an Iowa Hawkeye t-shirt and they didn't have any, never association, but they've always been good. They've been great at football. They've been great at wrestling. Um, so it is kind of the the dominating college, I guess you could say, as far as a fan base goes. But once you get into the actual colleges, so we're in Ames, Iowa State, you, you wouldn't you would know anything about Iowa just because the, the fan base at Iowa State is just so they're so you know they're they're it's like their lifeline it's it's crazy i've never seen anything like it. they've got a crazy fan base um i didn't spend too much time i've been to obviously iowa wrestling meet i've been to um an iowa versus iowa state football game in ames but i've only been to, to iowa and uh, at, uh, Iowa city, you know, a time or two. And, uh, you do definitely have to respect kind of what they got going on because they are really passionate fans. They really do care about the wrestling team. They do care about football. They do care about all that stuff. But I would say the biggest thing is that like, regardless of what college, you know, Grandview is, is, a college that's won nine national titles in a row and they were going for their 10th last year. They ended up getting beat by a former Grandview wrestler that won a national title for them. And so um, it really just kind of depends, I think, when you get to that certain college because the fan base amongst the individual colleges are are just – that's their team, and you can't really see outside of that. And then it's kind of when they get to the bigger things and you go out of the city and, you know, you see a kid from small-town Iowa. He's a Hawkeye fan, you know, for, for no other reason than they love the Hawks. And they grow up, it's either, you know, a lot of the times it was house, defi- house divided. You're either an Iowa State fan or an Iowa fan, and there wasn't any in between. You and I slowly kind of built their own fan base. Um, but then there's a lot of smaller schools, there's a lot of Division three schools, a lot of NAI schools. Um, and one of the crazy stats that I saw a couple of years ago was at the college football level, um, there was a team from Iowa in the NAI finals. There was a team at the D3 uh, national finals. There was a team uh, at the NC or the uh, FCS you and I would made the semifinals um, so they do have a rich tradition of a bunch of being good at a lot of sports so I was a lot more talented than a lot of people think, even though it's a small small little state but um, no it's really it was really really eye-opening especially coming from Colorado um, you know I try to tell people the wrestling out there is just different you know. Football very comparable. Um, you know, a lot of schools care about football; it's number one. But the wrestling, right? Everybody knows who. You know, I'll, I'll take an example: is like Southeast Polk is back-to-back champions. Waverly Shelrock, like back-to-back champions. Everybody in the state knows who Ankeny and, or not Ankeny, but Waverly and Southeast Polk are. Everybody in the state knows who they are, and they know they're known as a wrestling school. Whereas here in Colorado, it's like. Not too many people know that Pomona is a powerhouse ranked top 25 in the country, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just, just a little bit different. But yeah, I definitely learned a lot of different things from Iowa and being around that culture. It's not quite like anything I've ever seen, even being up at CSU and CU that the fan base in Iowa and Iowa State, it's, it's pretty crazy. But uh, we were Cyclones, you know, in my house, so uh, never really had any good blood with the, with the Hawkeyes, so.
0: Um, you talked about how your dad didn't really push you into wrestling. Yeah. When you started getting into it, is there a period where maybe it takes you a little bit of time to understand what he was able to do in going to the Olympics and compete on that kind of stage?
1: I would say that I didn't realize that until it was too late. Um, You know, I think, like I said, he didn't push me for whatever reason. I was at wrestling camps when I was younger. I had wrestling shoes on, but I never participated. And so um, when I finally did get into the spot where I started to fall in love with it, started to like it, right, I think I was a little hesitant to, for whatever reason, listen to my dad, right? It's my dad just telling me what to do as a dad versus me looking at him as knowing exactly, you know, he had all the answers, right? He knew everything, knew everything that it took to, to be the best in the state. And I think, you know, as I look back, I kind of resent not listening to him as much and not starting early. But as soon as I, as soon as I got through you know, I went to the Olympic Training Center a lot growing up. Um, got to watch a lot of high-level athletes. Um, you know, I like to compare it to like me being. You know, if my dad was a um, an NFL coach, right? It's me spending every Saturday or Sunday at the National Football right. So it's a, it's it's the highest level of athlete that you could possibly be. And so when I got to when we got when I got to you know essentially high school, um, that's when I started taking it serious for the first. I didn't win a match for my first two years of wrestling and my parents thought I was going to quit. And so I didn't really, you know, I always played, I always wrestled because I wanted to be better at football. But as I got better and better and started to understand the grind and understand what it took, I didn't, I don't know if I necessarily understood what my dad did, like I said, until it was too late, but I got to watch Henry Cejudo and I got to watch a couple other athletes come up through the ranks and how hard they would work. And it you know, put a, put something in my mind is that I took what they were doing on the wrestling room and on the wrestling mat and I translated that to my football. And so I saw how hard they were pushing and how hard they worked. And I said, I got to do the same thing from a football standpoint. And then it wasn't until I kind of got to high school or excuse me, got to college and got around the college. And then I would be, I was, We were at the World Championships. I volunteered my time at the World Championships just so I could be out and and watch. And it was the first time it was in America since, I want to say, like 96 when it was in Atlanta. And so, or 97 when it was in Atlanta. So I went to to the World Championships and there was a wrestler from Japan. And he's probably, you know, at that point 25. And he walked past my dad and he's like, Are you Kevin Jackson? You know, in America, they don't even know who he is. But somebody from another country, right? They they see and we're just you know walking side to side, and he walks past me. Are you Kevin Jackson, Olympic champion? And I was like, at that point, it kind of clicked. Like, oh, this is these guys a pretty big deal. But um, my dad's always been been great at separating, you know, the the athlete or the athletics or the wrestling side of things from being a dad. You know, I didn't really see him as a coach until you know my. Future. <laughs> junior senior year so um you know once I got in my junior senior year you know that's kind of when he kind of got a hold of me and really was coaching me from a pretty consistent standpoint but uh up until then you know I just kind of you know pictured that my dad and he was just doing his daily job so
0: this is what I love about recording a podcast in a school is you get the bell every once in a while. <laughs> yeah right um Let's, let's move in. You guys are getting ready to go to regionals. You're at Broomfield?
1: Is yep, right? we're up at Broomfield. So we'll take off tomorrow uh, around 12.15, head up to Broomfield. Wrestling starts at 4. Uh, really excited uh, about, the, about the region. Um, this year, it's a little bit different than it has been in years past. Uh, the only teams from the Springs that will be up there is, uh, or I guess in the, the, the metro area, is uh, us, Vista Ridge, and Falcon um and i don't think and then i think you got a couple schools from Pueblo that are up there um but the last two years we've got a chance to see a lot of other local schools so this will be the first time we get a chance to kind of see some of the mountain schools so durango's up there battle mountains up there a couple other schools it's a tough region pre-season or pre regional week there is twenty nine ranked kids amongst the fourteen weight classes. So obviously when you look at something like that, you're like, ooh, who's gonna be pretty tough? But um, after the seeds came out, I got a chance to look at those and see who's in it. And I'm feeling pretty confident going into it. It's just kinda we've got to figure out what team is going to show up. You know, we've had a little bit of a up and down season where we've looked really good and times where we've, you know, struggled, but um, the kids are locked in. We had a great practice with Cherry Creek yesterday to get ready for the regional. Um, It's kind of the last hard one of the year. We'll get in the room today and uh, just tighten some things up and get ready to roll down there. But uh, the kids are wrestling with some confidence right now, coming off of a victory over wide field. Um, And then I said, like I said, a good practice yesterday. So um, looking forward to it. We'll see. Uh, Like I said, I got a chance to take a peek at the seeds. And out of our 14 kids going up there, we've got 12 of them in the top seven. And so anytime you get 12 of them in the top seven, uh, you win a one match or two that you're not supposed to, you're going to give yourself a chance to go to state. So uh, looking forward to it. It was excited to see kind of where we landed at. Um, and we've wrestled in a lot of tough tournaments this year, um, all in preparation for the regional. So really looking forward to it, excited. Uh, but I'm sure as I get closer to about nine, ten o'clock, those butterflies will start to creep in and I probably won't be sleeping too much tonight.
0: Well, and I, I wish you luck on that. Appreciate it. When you, uh, when you have a kid, a freshman like Tommy Blackman, yeah. who's put together a solid season yeah. so far, how do you weigh the expectations for a kid like that going in uh, compared to someone like maybe Isaiah, who's yeah. a little bit more experienced, yeah. a little bit better record, and that's got to be a kid you expect to go to yeah. state. So yeah. how do you
1: balance those expectations? Well, I think one of the toughest things right is what does the kid expect right my expectations usually shouldn't outweigh what the kid expects right I, I know what Tommy's capable of I know what he can do but what does Tommy Blackman expect and so the conversation that I've had with Thomas over the last year and a half is Thomas wants to be a four-time state champion and so his expectation is is to go to state and place a state it's not to go qualify it's to go in place and so his expectation is in the right spot right if he trains and he wrestles to be a state champion the state qualification will come and so um i think when you look at his season you know he's got i, I want to say he's close to 30 wins and somewhere around 15 losses and uh, i had a very similar season my freshman year, I had nine losses um, to like a, a, a 20, 20 and nine record um, with really just going out there and wrestling as hard as I could. And whatever happens, happens. You know, and I think our goal or our, our conversation all year has been just go out and wrestle as hard as you can. And so when he does that and, and Tommy Blackman really lets loose and he does what he's supposed to do and he wrestles the way that he knows how to wrestle, he dominates. It's when he starts to kind of look at names and things like that, where maybe he's not as successful. But I think when, when you look at you know where Tommy's at, I think he definitely has a potential to not only qualify, but be a top six kid in the state. Um, but it's gonna come down to how he feels and if he wrestles as hard as he can. You know, um, On the flip side, you look at Isaiah, right? Isaiah is a kid that can go in and beat anybody. He's got a win over the number one ranked kid from 3A. He's got a couple tough, really tough close matches, had a close match with the the previous ranked number one. Um, So again, right, what's what's Isaiah's expectation? I think he knows that he's gonna go to the state tournament. What happens once he gets to the state tournament? So um, our expectation, our goal is always just wrestle six minutes as hard as you can, the wins and losses will take care of themselves, right? If we get to what we're supposed to do, we wrestle as hard as we can, typically we're going to end up on top. So um, looking at his bracket, you know, I'm not sure if there's a whole lot of information. He's at 113, so a lot of times you get younger kids, ninth graders, 10th graders, you don't know a whole lot about them. Um, but Tommy's got all the skills in the world. Um, he could be a guy that wins a tournament. Um, It just kind of really depends on what he expects and what he comes up to. Um, But I think, you know, as I look at the paper, you know, I think he's one of the guys that we expect to go to the tournament. Same with Isaiah. Um, And again, if the the Isaiah Blackman uh, that we know shows up and and does everything he can, he's the guy that could could find himself on top of the podium as well. So, um, like I said, we're excited, uh, ready to roll. But again, it's going to come down to, you know, what version of us show up. I think both of them have all the skills in the world to do so. I think. Thomas, right, has lofty expectations. So the goal is not to qualify for the state tournament. The goal is to win the state tournament. And so uh, when you're going with that kind of mindset, you're usually going to put yourself in a pretty good spot. So,
0: I always have to ask this of the the individual sport guys, mm-hmm. but how do you also incorporate team goals into what they're doing? Because they can only control what's going on on their yeah, mat, and you yeah. want to succeed as a team. So yeah. how, how does wrestling, which is so such a personal experience for the kids, how do you help them – kind of embrace that team. Yeah, for
1: sure. So, you know, I think one of the things that they've got to understand is even though it is an individual sport, it's the ultimate team sport because you could do something all season long and see no result. But what you're doing is helping another person reach their goals, reach their expectations, right? Um, We've had, we went from having 40 kids in the room um, two weeks ago to about 20, right? And so of those 20, we've brought in a couple extra kids just to help get the guys that are going to regionals ready. And so when you look at it from a team standpoint, right, obviously the kids have to go out and they have to do their individual and they have to live up to their individual expectation, go out and meet their individual goals. But there's those guys that are behind them that, never get to see the limelight, that never get to step foot on the varsity mat, that don't get the pictures in the papers and all that stuff, or don't get their names ranked. But that guy that's right behind him is just as important as the guy that's wrestling on the mat. And so um, we talk about just, if you're not gonna do it for yourself, do it for that guy that you're wrestling with, right? Make sure that everything that you're doing is going into helping that guy. So everything that you're doing is helping that guy. And uh, as as you're helping that guy, just know that your time's going to eventually come. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty tough to navigate, especially from the the tournament standpoint, um, because that ultimately comes down to individual performance. Whereas when we're in a dual meet, right, you got to view it as if I don't get my job done, the team won't win, right. Whereas if you could have a great tournament and not do your job, right, or I wouldn't say not do your job, but you could have a, a great tournament and have your teammate not do great, but it doesn't affect anything. That you do because you're still going to end up you know first second third fourth place whatever whatever but when we're wrestling a duel right if you're 106 through your 152 all get pinned right there's really not a whole lot that you can do so the i think the team aspect plays into into wrestling a little bit more during the duel season gets a little bit different um gets a little bit different come tournament time but these guys are these guys have taken second place. We lost two seniors from last year's team. And then we lost, um, a junior, um, to a, to an eligibility thing, but we lost three kids from last year's team. And so these guys have all been on a team that has won a team title. And so we always come back to understand this. If you wrestle and do your job as an individual, you're ultimately going to help the team. And by helping the team, you're going to put ourselves in a spot to win a team trophy. And so, um, They've been a part of a team that's held up a, a regional trophy. You know, That's the first time that we've held up a trophy. And, and I, I couldn't tell you the last time that we, we won a, a regional title or won a regional trophy. Um, they got to experience that last year. So they do all have some sort of um, interaction or some sort of feeling of being team champions or being uh, part of a team that's won a team trophy. And so understanding that if they take care of business individually on the mat that team title will come, that team trophy will come, that top three finish will come. And so, um, again, it's just kind of getting them to understand that everything that they do, even though it is an individual sport from a sense, it's the ultimate team sport, because again, you're helping out other people without anybody else seeing that work that you're helping other people. It's not like a quarterback who can throw a pass to a wide receiver and they're on the same page, right? It's quarterback to receiver. It's maybe the 106 pounder, you know, has been getting beat up by the 113 pounder all year, but, and the 113 pounder is having a better year than the 106 pounder, but that 113 pounder would never be there if it wasn't for that 106 pounder. So just kind of talk to him about those kinds of things. But um, yeah, it definitely is a it's definitely an interesting dynamic, different aspect from from any other thing that I've been a part of, especially coming from a football background. But um, again, you know, it's it, it's it's I, in my mind and my thoughts, it's the ultimate team sport.
0: This might be my wrestling ignorance showing through, but does it maybe come into play a little bit more in a tournament atmosphere if a kid loses in the championship bracket, where they move over to consolation, they still have goals and things, and and the ability to bounce back for a kid can be huge, but when they're in that consolation bracket and they know that that's where they can really help accumulate those points does that really help them understand i'm not doing i'm not trying to win this match in this way as much for me as i am for that guy
1: yeah um you know i think it's like you said it's it's trying to get the kid to understand the importance of battling back right and facing adversity and how do they respond right um i don't think the kids know quite so much about The point system and how a team gets points as much as the coaches do. Good, I'm not alone. Um, Yeah, exactly, right. (laughs) So um, it's pretty. It it took me. It took me. It took me until I got to college, right? And I'm watching. You know, I, I didn't. Obviously, I watched college wrestling, but it took me till I got to college and, you know, really started paying attention to start understanding. You know, the point system behind. You know, team tournaments, right? It's a lot different than. A dual meet, right? And a dual meet, a kid knows that if they go out and get a pin, they're getting six points. If they go out and get a tech, they're getting five points. If they go out and get a, uh, a major decision, it's four points, right? They understand those things, right? And as coaches, we talk to them about that. But it's a lot different when it comes to a tournament, right? Obviously, the better you do, the more points you get, especially if you're on the front side. But if you look at you know Minnesota, um, the Golden Gophers, when they won their team title, they had 10 All-Americans, First time ever in wrestling that it's ever happened with no champions. And so a lot of those points came from the backside. I think our message to the kids is when they lose, let's go get the next best thing, right? And typically it's going to be, if it is you know, a first round loss or a second round loss, the next best thing is third place, right? Well, in this case, in this scenario, right? there's something that's going to be attached to that first, second, third, fourth, right? Especially that third, fourth, fifth place spot, right? There's something a little bit more attached. So um, I don't know if we necessarily pay attention, like I said, to the team scores. Uh, That's kind of been one of the things that I've tried to as a coach not pay as much attention to because uh, we rolled into the Metro tournament uh, my first year here um, as the head coach and we put six into the semifinals. um, And that was prior to the second day and so going into day two you know I'm paying attention to the team score let's go get this team trophy right and then we ended up going into a spot where we lost four of those six matches only put two into the finals and it was it ended up going from excitement to frustration to disappointment to all that stuff right and the the team camaraderie kind of took a hit from that so from then on it was let's stop paying attention to the team score and let's just go get the next best thing, right? Obviously you wanna stay on the front side cause that's gonna get you the most points, especially if you end up first, second, but those kids also understand that if I end up being on the backside that I do still have a significant impact in the team scores because you go from having three matches to make the finals to six matches where you can get points on points on points. And anytime you, it doesn't matter if you're on the front side or the back side. If you get a pin, you're going to get the same amount of points on the front side and back side. The only difference is the placement points. And so, um, again, right, we try to, like I said, we, we don't talk to the kids a whole lot about what kind of points they're scoring. It's just more so, let's go get the next best thing. And then as we look to the regional, the next best thing is a, obviously a state uh, state birth. So. um you brought up metros. Yeah. So this year was actually my
0: first time covering metros okay. from a media capacity. Yeah. Um, wrestling is not my forte. Yeah. I, I usually go for the sports that, you know, you have to push a ball across a goal yeah. line or something yeah. like that. Yeah, understandable. But, um, but I show up for championships, and five minutes into it, my uh, my first thought was, this feels just a little bit like state. Yeah. You know, that with that championship atmosphere. How yeah. much did that last night of metros – excite you for state
1: yeah um you know i i think metros is a great tournament because you get a chance to get in front of a big fan base you get to be part of that and i I think it's a little better right because at state we're in the pepsi center i guess the ball arena now is that what it's called ball Mm -hmm. arena right so we're in the ball arena it's huge it's massive but what 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 those kids don't understand is like as soon as you get on the mat and you look up it's like this place is ginormous, right? Especially with all the men. I think they have like 10 matchdowns. So it's it's a really big venue. One of the cool things, and the, I think this is the best thing about wrestling is when you get into those small gyms and people are right on top of you and you can take three steps and be in the stands and things like that. So um, I think feeling the energy of the crowd, feeling, you know, and what they did with the metros, is they put on a show for the finals, right? That, that doesn't happen at every tournament. Usually it's just, all right, let's get going, right? But they really spotlighted it. They really took the time to make the finals a big deal, and you know we unfortunately we didn't have any finalists this year, but a lot of those kids were in the stands like, oh, this is really cool. I want that to be me, and so um, it's definitely got that good. It's definitely got that that big time feel um, from a fan, you know, from a fan base standpoint and uh, energy level. Um, but I'll tell you this: there's nothing. Quite like the like the ball arena, especially on on a Saturday night. Even even those semifinals get really exciting. So um, I think the big thing that we realize is that. We got some kids that want to be out on that, on that mat come, come light time. And so uh, it was exciting, love the Metro tournament. Uh, We had a a pretty decent showing this year. Um, And again, that was in hopes of preparation for the regional tournament. Let's build off of that. We had a chance to go up to Garden City where they kind of do uh, the same type of deal. It's a big time tournament. Everybody's on top of each other and it's kind of all in preparation for state. But I'll tell you right now, there's nothing quite like ball arena on a a Saturday night. And then uh, those Friday night semis get pretty exciting. They get all those, schools from the 3A, 2A, man, the, I think it's Weld County, the Weld County schools come up there and they go nuts for the, for the state tournament. So, um, nothing quite like that, but definitely gives you those, those state tournament vibes, uh, especially come the Saturday, or Saturday night of metros, definitely give you those state tournament vibes. And, uh, just to the, the, the sense of, you know this is this is big time this is when the lights on this one i gotta be at my best so um i'm excited i always get excited man i love metros i got a chance to wrestle in it two times when i was uh in high school uh as a sophomore and a junior so i always love going back to that they always do a good job and uh it's always great preparation and get a get a chance to see all the kids from the local area I talk to a lot of the coaches a lot of the coaches that coached against me when i was in high school are still there so it's always a great time and uh yeah no it, it's exciting man. I, I'm, I love wrestling. I love I love the sport. I love everything about it. And uh, this is the best time of the year. You know, this this other than other than th- I would say Thursday night is the toughest night of the year. <laughs> Friday s- Friday through Saturday and next week are the best time of the year. But um, no, we're excited, man. And you know, I think that's kind of big. The big thing for us is we're prepared. We're ready. We wrestle a lot of tough tournaments, a lot of tough schools. And you know, this is the this is the time to be ready and go beat somebody that you're not supposed to. So we're hyped. Um,
0: can there be a little bit more appreciation, not just for? The tournament going back to ball arena mm-hmm. last year but also for the way that everyone kind of move mountains and i was a little bit more behind the scenes at that mm-hmm. point so i knew what went into it but just mm-hmm. to make sure that there was a state tournament last year even if it was in pueblo even mm-hmm. if it was in a venue that not everyone was thrilled about can there be an appreciation for the willingness of administrators coaches and everyone just to make sure that
1: the kids were able to have that championship atmosphere i mean we were in a spot right in December where we didn't even know if we are going to wrestle. I think if you look back at that time frame, there was probably states that were close to us that canceled the whole season. And so I was in I was in December and I was thinking we won't even have a wrestling season. And so for them to be able to take a chance. Right. And not only take a chance, but take a chance to do wrestling the right way. Right. And when I say do wrestling the right way, right. Did it do a disservice to the kids by making them wrestle in a mask? I don't know. Right. I don't know if it, if it helped anything. I don't know if it hurt anything. Right. I'm, I'm pretty indifferent on it, but they allowed the kid, right. I think wrestling was the only sport that indoors that didn't have to wear a mask. Right. And so, um, I think they they took the time to do their research and understand, you know, the benefits, the the negatives, whatever, whatever, um, and for them to be able to pull off a state tournament, although it wasn't in the ball arena, right, although it wasn't a 16-man bracket, right, it was, you know, two from each region, right, it still gave the kids an opportunity, and I don't care what anybody says, a state placement, last year is a state placement, a state champ from last year is a state champ. Uh, we had a kid that took third he took third regardless of, of how you want to spin it and so um we're 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 you know myself specifically right it was it was gonna be tough because we had some kids last year that that really really wanted a, an opportunity to compete their senior year and so I think you know they did a great job I think they canceled the the national tournaments um you know heading into heading into they end up canceling the national tournament we got a chance to wrestle state tournament so it says a lot about how much backing how much support how much um you know uh, how much faith they have in the wrestling community and I think was awesome it was it was a great time to to get out there get down to Pueblo it was something new definitely had a different feel but you were still you know five feet away from the fans which I think makes the the state you know which makes wrestling pretty cool you know Mm -hmm. but um, again the state tournament was was, it was great the state champs are still state champs regardless of what you say I got a chance to be there for both the boys and the girls um and I and I couldn't say I couldn't say you know I, I'm I'm thankful I'm extremely thankful got a chance to to spend some times with some some seniors last year that that really put a whole lot of work in and got an opportunity to let it pay off and so um, it was really awesome like I said we we're. We were in a spot where we we weren't going to be able to do it, and so uh, wrestling is really lucky. We were the we were the first, or we were a sport that was able to finish their state tournament the year that COVID happened, um, and then also got another you know chance to go to the state tournament the previous year. So um, you know, my hats off to them. Couldn't be more thankful, uh, grateful because you know I had a senior that was on the fence about doing it. and he got an opportunity to go wrestle and ended up third in the state so um you know I'm I'm very appreciative very grateful for that and you know it was an awesome time regardless of where it was at a state tournament was a state tournament in my eyes so um this
0: is more like the media idiot in me yeah. that has covered state wrestling now for the last six seven years mm-hmm. um I I got off the phone with a friend on my way up here and he's kind of tied into what's going on behind the scenes and it sounds like the pomp and circumstance of championship night Mm -hmm. there's a couple of changes in store over how it's going to look and uh i just want to get your thoughts if you were to change the way that championship matches were presented Mm -hmm. just for fun yeah you know is there anything about it that you would do differently from the parade of champions to the way the matches and the weight classes are, are thrown out there what would be from a wrestling coach's standpoint mm-hmm. what's the ideal change for the way the championship matches are presented at ball arena
1: um well I don't know you know looking at it I don't know if there's a big change that I would make in regards to how it's random. I think they do a pretty good job right there's Um, Four mats And I think this year There'll be a fifth one With the girls Mm -hmm. So it'll be five mats I think one of the toughest things Is being able to Keep your eye on Every great match That's going on Right So I think When you A couple years ago You had You know The number one heavyweight In the country Wrestling And then you had like The number four Ranked heavyweight in the country Three mats down Mm -hmm. And so you're It's hard to keep your eye On both of them At the same time I think if There was one change That I could make it would be to maybe speed the tournament up and make put more emphasis on individual matches at the state tournament. So maybe, you know, obviously everybody wants to wrestle Saturday night, right? But... If you've got a ranked kid, you know, you got the number 1 versus number 2 in 4A, number 1 versus 2 in 3A, number 1 versus 2 in 2A, number 1 versus 2 in 5A, right? And maybe of those three number ones wrestling, maybe three of them are ranked somewhere in the top 25 in the country, right? Obviously, you want to be able to watch this kid wrestle, this kid wrestle, this kid wrestle, but when you've got five matches going on at one time, it's like, "Oh, right? I'm like I'm like watching, you know, I'm, I'm, we're watching. I think it came down to it came down to the heavyweight match a couple years ago in foray. And so all eyes were on that match. I think it was Pueblo East versus Pueblo County. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins that match is the state champs. Well, two matches down, you got Colton Schultz, who's ranked, I think at this time, number three in the country. I think he might've been, he, he, was, he, he might've been number might've one. Might've been number one, right? Regardless, right? That's, Colorado's had not very many kids ranked number one nationally, mm-hmm. like we have here in the past, right? So you've got the number, let's call him the number one ranked kid in the country, right? All eyes are on the 4A mat, right? I'm a we're 4A team. We're watching the 4A mat going on, right? Who's going to win state championship? And I look at this match for 10 seconds, and I turn my head over, and this match is over because he pinned him in 15 seconds, you know. And it's like, what what happened, you know? And so I think you know, especially when you whenever you get a chance to watch a nationally ranked kid, it should be a special moment, right? And so taking the time to maybe you know focus on the big time matches, or you know. Again, make it an all day thing where you're just running maybe two mats or one mat, so you do get a chance to watch, you know, all those great matchups. So again, it's not I mean the state tournaments state they do it like that across mm-hmm. the board, you know. There's no there's no place other than I think, you know, once you get to the smaller states, right, where they only have one division or one classification, maybe sometimes two where they're taking that time to put one mat on. I think I had a buddy that, that taught and uh and coached in New Orleans and uh they had two classification, you know, 1A and 2A, call it. I don't even know what it's called, but 1A and 2A, and then they have an opportunity to wrestle one mat at a time, right? We've got four classes with girls, so five classes, right? It's hard to divvy it up. But again, like I said, I I would like to see, you know, sometimes it's hard to watch everybody you want to watch just because there's so many great matches going on all at once. So, and then the other thing I would like to see is, uh, I'm a big dude, I've always been a big guy. I would like to see those heavyweights go first, you know, so we're not always waiting on the heavyweights, so. yeah, I think there's a couple of years back where uh, they'd start 106 and then they go 285, then they go 113, then they go 215 or 220, whatever you want to call it, and then the you know the last two match would be 152 and 145. And I know the little guys didn't love that so much, but myself as a big dude, I didn't mind that. So that may be the
0: only other thing. That was actually one of the uh, one of the things that I brought up to my friend is you know this is the one thing I would change, and I think. Um, I was told the coaches received the email as to how some of this stuff is going to look. So I yeah. hope I'm not catching you by surprise yeah. on anything. But um, he said there's enough change for, for one year and we might address that down yeah. the line. But yeah. if you sandwiched them and then maybe the next year you start with your whatever the two would be, 145 yeah. and 152s yeah. and then fan them out. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think another thing too, like one of the things that I would love to see is like, I'd like to see a state duels-type tournament, right, where you've got the two best teams in the state. Like a tournament the of the champions. Yeah, yeah, have the two best teams in the state go head-to-head. They do it. You know, and one of the tough things, right, is, is a lot of times state duels is either right before the state tournament or right after, right? So it's like, okay, do I wrestle my kids with a chance for them to get hurt prior to the state tournament, or do I – or we finish the state tournament and then do I have those kids – wanting to stick around to wrestle an additional tournament but I think that'd be pretty cool. I'd also like to see, you know, a little bit of um, you know, class uh combination so you know, you see the best cuz I think, you know, in 4A a couple years ago you had uh Andrew Lyris who was ranked number 1 and I think there was a nationally ranked kid at 152 in uh 5A as well. So, you know, getting an opportunity to see those kids battle it out or see, you know, you know, anytime like I said, anytime you get a nationally ranked kid It's special, right? That doesn't happen all the time. And so I think we've got a couple uh, in the state this year. Um, And so being able to highlight those kids, highlight the high level matches, and then put a state dual tournament together, you know, have and make it a sanctioned thing. Don't make it just an optional thing, right? You're gonna go do this, this, and this. If you win this match, right, you're gonna make it to the, just like we do with the state wrestling tournament, If you qualify for the state dual tournament, you'll continue to move on and be like a tournament. So they do those things in a couple other states. I know we've tried to – the state has tried to do something like that, but maybe a little bit more emphasis on that and just kind of like wrestling, you know, if you ever watch the the national wrestling tournament, the college national, they make it a big deal. It's a big show. They've got the they've got that stage. I'll say that too. I'll make that change. Put the main mat elevated, right? An elevated stage, right? Every time you watch the national tournament, it's elevated. They've got they'll introduce this guy from this corner, this guy from this corner. Fireworks will go off, and they'll sprint to the middle, and then they'll go wrestle, right? That makes that makes wrestling exciting. Wrestling is really exciting uh, if you know what you're watching, and two guys are willing to go out there and scrap it out. Wrestling is really exciting. I've seen it people a lot of people talk about greco roman right greco roman is boring they never they don't do anything right i went to the world championships watch greco it was probably just as exciting as a freestyle scene right when you watch high level wrestling right when we get to the state finals wrestling is very exciting it's fun to watch it's competitive it's gritty kids are out there. They're tough. They're mean. And that's, that's everything you want from, from a wrestling standpoint. So, um, you know, like I said, just making it a big show, right. Making it a big deal. We do it in so many other sports. And I think sometimes wrestling doesn't get the love, you know, that a couple other sports do. So like I, like I said, I'm a wrestling junkie nerd, whatever you want to call it. I will lay mean, I, I don't
0: think those two words go together. You know,
1: I will put, I would put, uh, I'll put wrestling on ESPN every single night if I could, you know, so, um, just turn it into a big show. And I think, uh, we put in a lot of work, wrestlers work hard and you know I think it'd be well deserved if they got an opportunity to do something like that so
0: so the one thing that I heard that I'm actually really excited about is and this is probably the wrong way to say it there's gonna be less emphasis on the parade of champions mm-hmm. and I don't mean that it's not gonna happen it's gonna yeah. happen. like everyone gets to yeah. take the mat and do that mm-hmm. but I don't think they're gonna go through and announce every kid yeah yeah and what I what I like about that is the team knows who that kid is mm-hmm. the coaches know the yeah. parents know but mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a casual observer or a media guy covering mm-hmm. it, I don't know the difference when that kid comes to the mat, yeah. and you're you're almost kind of in a Wait, who is this again? What am yeah. I doing? Yeah. So instead, they're gonna make it a little quicker, get yeah. through the parade a little bit faster, and they're gonna make a bigger deal about um, announcing and giving that kid the pomp and circumstance yeah. coming before the yeah. mat. Yeah. No. And I-, I think that I mean, do you think that helps one energize the kid yeah. for his match? Yeah. And two, just kind of remind everyone who it is, where they're from, and what they're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I I think, you know... it takes a long time, you know, and it anytime you go, it takes forever to get through that. Um, one of the things that we did um, when I was in high school in Iowa was the parade of champions was just all the placers. So your first and second would lead the lines and then everybody who was behind first and second were just behind in their place. And they just take and they'd walk around the arena, everybody would give them a round of applause, boom, 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 boom. And then everybody would go back into the tunnel. And then just like you said, right, as soon as those kids come out, right, now's the time to tell everybody who they are. Um, But again, I think I think what it really does is it maybe takes a little less uh, pressure off the kid too. you know, like here, I got to go out and do this. I got to go shake hands. Right. Be in front of everybody versus let me get my mind right. Get ready to roll. Then right when I'm out on the mat, I don't got to worry about them announcing me because I'm focused on wrestling. So, um, you know, I think it does give give everybody a chance to actually hear who the kid is, because when you've got 14 kids and you hear their name, name after name, after name, you know, who are you to know, you know, who that kid is or what the difference is, right? Versus, okay, here comes the number one, one fifty two pounder. He's going for his four state title, yada yada yada, that type of stuff. So um, I think it takes a little bit of pressure off the kid and uh, helps the fans, you know, understand and realize or get a chance to see who the kid actually is versus just hearing kid after kid after kid after kid after kid. So um, yeah, I mean I think the parade of champs is definitely still, um, you know, I think that's, it's a tradition in in the sport of wrestling. It's something that's got to continue, but, uh, I definitely think there's, there's, you know, just, just going through and recognizing the state placers, you know, I think that's a big deal as well. So, um, Again, I think it just takes a little bit of pressure off the kid, and then when you do finally get that opportunity to announce who that kid is, it allows the fans to understand who that kid is.
0: And then the last one, and then we'll cut it off. I feel like we could actually talk about this probably yeah. until you have to start reading Yeah, this. yeah, but, yeah, for sure. Um,
1: I could talk wrestling all day. <laughs> I,
0: <I'm>, I <laughs> yeah. figured that out yeah. here in the yeah. last 40 yeah. minutes. Um, the uh, the awards mm-hmm. now are going to come at the end Yeah, from what I'm hearing. Yeah. And what I like about that is you're not going to lose the momentum mm-hmm. from wrestling two or three matches. Yeah. Okay, now we're slowing down so mm-hmm. we can have the awards. And then once the awards for those 106, 113, was it 120? Yeah. Um, once those awards are done, yeah. those families are going to get up and yeah. leave. Yeah. So by the time the big boys, yeah. the ones you like are coming in. Yeah. That place is nearly empty. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like the idea of keeping the energy mm-hmm. up and rolling those matches yeah. straight through. Is that yeah. another thing that can help?
1: Yeah. No, uh forces, right? It forces forces the, stand, the fans to stand, stay in the stands. Um like you said, it's 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 I don't know what the, the correct word is. The equivalent
0: for me would be if if they did it in basketball, yeah. right? So if they if they played the 4A girls state championship mm-hmm. game, and they didn't do the award right after, mm-hmm. and you let the boys game start, someone's on an 8-0 run. Okay, we're gonna take a timeout and yeah. honor your. It's a bad yeah. comparison. I'm yeah. well aware of that, but it just it, it, it feels like the energy would get sapped, you know, sucked yeah. out of the out of the building.
1: Yeah. Um. No. I like you said, it forces the fans to stay in their seats, right? You're not gonna leave You know your kid places or um, the kid from your school places and you know, you're know you there supporting somebody else. You're gonna stay in and watch that kid get his award and take those pictures, you know? Every single, like I said, every single year, it comes down to the heavyweight. And I think two years ago, right, was probably the first time people stuck around for the heavyweights because you had two kids going for I think their fourth state titles, right? And so it was they actually had an opportunity for them to stick around and watch. But you still had those people that their kid wrestled at seven o'clock on the dot. Why would I stick around another two hours when I got a four hour drive Mm -hmm. back home? So um, I think it does, like you said, put a better emphasis on the momentum, right? It keeps the, the crowd excited, right? And it gives those kids, man, if you make it to the finals, you deserve to wrestle in front of a big crowd, right? It's 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 you worked really hard, you've put yourself in a great position, you deserve to wrestle in front of a ton of people, and so um, I think it's a great idea. I think it's it's great for the sport. Um, and again, right, a, a take you know awards take four minutes, you know, so you turn around and you you know you're an extra 25 minutes there in the arena. What, what's the you know what's the difference if you're still getting out of there? You know, you're getting out at 9:30, 10 o'clock anyway, you know what's the difference between getting out at 9, 45, 10, 15, you know? So, um, I think it's great, especially for those big guys, right? I like to, I like to, see my, my kids get mad at me. Um, we had, we had, we watch the heavy, we always watch heavyweights. So we're going to stick around and watch the heavyweights. So my team gets mad at me cause we stick around and we watch, but, um, you know, I think we owe it to the kids, owe it to the, owe it to the schools, owe it to the the, the state tournament to stick around and watch all that. So, um, I definitely think it, it's going to keep more, more fans in the stands. Um, and really like, again, you can, A lot of times people think that that heavyweight or 215, right, it's not the most exciting wrestling. But, again, right, we had a number one-ranked kid in the state. We've got a kid that's ranked top 25 in the country um, wrestling for his second state title this year. So um, there's going to be some high-level wrestling at 220, at heavyweight, that's exciting to watch. And that's maybe something, you know, in years past where they do the awards right after You know, a lot of people don't get to see that. So um, it's an exciting time for the sport. I think, you know, whatever we can do to help, you know, keep fans in seats and keep eyes on the mat is always going to be a a positive and be something good for the sport and continue to help it, um, you know, expand and get the recognition that it deserves. And like I said, I mean, those heavyweights deserve to wrestle in front of 20,000 people as well. So. When you talk to a wrestling guy, it'll get you pumped up to go watch some wrestling. I'm, so. ready, to I'm ready to go to the state tournament right now. I'm well, <laughs> you know, ready to go right now. You've got one more thing you got, to do before right you get there. I, was, I was pretty calm. I was pretty calm while we started. And, you know, you obviously can't. I'm just in here rocking, ready to roll. <laughs> so I'm ready to go. So, um, Well, best of luck no, at regionals thank, tomorrow. Yeah, best time of the year. Uh, you know, like I said, that Thursday night's usually the longest night of the year. But we get to Friday, Saturday, it goes quick. So uh, really excited. Really excited about our team. Really excited about this opportunity. Really excited to, to see how good we can be, and um, you know, hopefully we get an opportunity to see you down at the uh, Ball Arena here next week. Yeah, hopefully we see you next week. Awesome. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks, Cole. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That was Lewis Palmer wrestling coach Cole Jackson. I appreciate the time that he took to sit down with me and talk about regionals this upcoming weekend and uh, the return to Ball Arena for state wrestling, which will begin next Thursday. The winter sports postseason will roll on after that. I'm trying to put together a slate of basketball coaches to help me preview the respective brackets as they come out. So stay tuned to the Twitter feed at 719 Show, and hopefully we can uh, get some solid guests lined up. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back soon.